1: And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney
2: Arthur Idala. Yep. So, I'm not Arthur Idala. I'm Imran Ansari because Arthur is on a well deserved vacation right now, spending time with his family. So, I'm going to be taking the hot seat here and hosting the show. I was here last night. I got my two sidekicks with me, Joanie <laughs> Pelzer, and I got Alex. Uh, hey, the, hey. What's and going look on who just bro? walked in the office. We have a visitor. We have the great. David Schwartz. Hello, hello, America.
3: He's loud enough to be, like, to be like on, on the, other, the side other side of the room. Power hour. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> We got some energy going in, run today. And you may remember
2: David Schwartz was also a guest host uh, back, the, in so back in July. Back in July, and he is. We're very excited here. We're very excited uh, because we're going to be sort of working together. Gonna, we are. We I'm, are. I'm, I'm it, very, can I announce we, it? Can I announce look,
4: it? Look, it's not. It's a soft announcement. But uh, we're going to be combining forces here, and we're going to really be doing a major announcement on November 14th. So we don't want to like give yeah, away too right, much. Right, right. It's Iran. like the
2: soft opening. They but, have a but, they have a, a restaurant has a soft opening. Soft opening, opening yeah. You know, so we'll just tease it. Let's just right. I, I'll just say you this. get
3: appetizers right now. You get the main course later on. Right. right.
2: Da- D- David Schwartz is of Gotham Government Relations. He is a trial attorney extraordinaire and we'll leave it like that while well, we're combining oh, forces yeah. you gotta wait for the main attraction this is the trailer and we'll have a big announcement but if the
4: listeners and my claim yeah. to fame Imran I don't even know if you know this is that I'm the only registered lobbyist in all of New York that also tries cases in the court I'm the only one
2: that well, well is that, that, amazing? that that's amazing that's because amazing because just, still- just
4: to let the audience right. know you may become the second one
2: there you go there you I'm go. still there you go. gonna
4: be the first <laughs> there you go <laughs>
3: You are the number one. And actually, to remind our listeners, David Schwartz had Michael Cohen on the show back in July, and that was quite an interview. We got to bring him back on.
4: Yep. I had to make a big splash. You know, if I was going to do the show, I wanted to make a big splash. And Michael, I thought it was
2: a great. I thought it was a great it show. It was fantastic. And, was and we, you, can, you can find that still. Absolutely, right? so we're, we're oh, going to yeah, share that. Yeah. We'll reshare place. that. It's we all over. We never it's, let yep. anything go. We never let <laughs> anything <laughs> go. Really gets
3: but also, David's going to co-host with me on Friday night. Yes,
2: excellent. I yeah, can, I get the night off on the co-host, here, and you're going to, you, you listeners, you got to tune in on. You're Friday invited night. too, Imran. Well,
3: course, <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you. We're just going to call you.
2: But uh, David's going to be co-hosting the Power Hour on Friday. You don't want to miss that because he always has great things to say. And we're going to probably have some great guests. And it's great going to be a great thing. And you just, everyone out there, you just wait. There's going to be a big announcement about the way uh, ABK and David Schwartz, Gotham, government relations are all going to be sort of having some there, There's going to be a, yep.
4: an incredible relationship, an incredible bond. And it's going to be a bond. And we're going to take over... <laughs> The the two forces are going to join forces to create even a bigger force, and that's all I could say right now. Right, you know,
2: I'm
3: getting. I'm getting. Sounds it. like we're creating uh, our own city. Oh, yeah, like a, yeah. or, or we're creating our own city <laughs> within and, a city. I love the it.
4: The synergies are amazing. And look, I'll let you guys do your show. I just hijacked your show. No, I, you I, did not. You know it. what? You
3: know what I love about you, David Schwartz, is you remind me in a, in a way of Arthur. You remind me of me. You remind me of Emma. You have a positive attitude and energy. And you know what? At 6 p.m. at night when people are driving home or getting ready to take the subway home or standing on a platform or walking, they need that. They want that. In the morning and they want it at night. So you listen to Joe Piscopo on this station in the morning and you get yourself energized and you hear Frank Sinatra and then you, you listen to you and I and Arthur and Imran at night and you get energized. This and Alex great. gives us some sports updates. Yeah, it's a great station. It is. It's great, I listen all the time. You are just such a positive human. I
4: try to be positive, you know. And glass and it's half been full. a long time. <laughs> To you know, to try to channel all the negativity that happens in this world. Yep. It's very important. You gotta talk to yourself every day. But I do try to You go Zen. I do try to get a little Zen. You know, I've become much more Meditate. spiritual in my old age. Yeah. And uh and that's that. So old I'll age. leave the show to you guys. Fifty year old is old age. I really appreciate you guys. I love you guys. We I love, love you. Already. And I'm just so excited to be here. It's it's given me a whole New energy. Absolutely. Oh, and,
2: that, and that's the great thing. Dave is bringing energy. And the energy is in the city. We're here looking out over Fifth Avenue. Yes, we are. And we see tourists. We see people on the streets. We see people getting back to work. What and don't that's we, what we see, want. though? The NBA store, we don't see. We don't see the people in, in the, the offices. offices across the way. And that's why, why? we're going to have Sam Liebman tonight. Uh, he is the New York City real estate guru. He's going to be joining us in the next segment. He's going to be talking about uh, some of the real estate issues that are plaguing our City, So we're going to have Sam Lieben, also Joni tonight, very excited on the show. We have Impact 100 NYC. Why don't you let our listeners know a little about that? Mindy and
3: Emily are going to be coming on the show to talk about Impact 100. Uh, It's an amazing organization where women get together and donate money and impact charity. And they give grants of a hundred thousand dollars to charities, and we're going to hear more about the story and how, during the pandemic, they started this particular chapter in New York City and have done it for two years in a row, giving more than a hundred thousand dollars. Right, oh. that's
4: amazing. But listen, let me, let me just getting back to New York City, right? Where else in the world, seriously? Where else in the world? You're you're here, Fifth Avenue and Forty Fifth Street. You got the NBA store. Where else in the world can you purchase a Latrell Sprewell jersey? That's true. (laughs) That's true. I mean, there's no way. I walked in there. Just to show you how awful the NBA is today, there's no modern players in there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right across the street at the NBA store. But that that's a great segue. This is a great segue to two little things I want to touch right, on. I'm going to uh, leave you guys alone. Don't okay. leave Wait, us. No, don't no, no, leave no. Us. You're Stay staying Now you're in it. You're now right. you thought you were you're escaping. It. You're so, not
3: escaping.
2: It's, it's, we're talking about the totally NBA. In, yeah. I know, right? It's energy. Talking about the NBA. Let's bring in Alex. Alex is our resident sports uh, reporter. He here. really
3: is so knowledgeable. Yeah.
2: So we're well, talking about I was I, you so know Alex, what, what what's the latest in the drama uh, emanating from the Barclays Center with Kyrie oh. Irving and the Nets? Can well, you, I, can want, you I want I want your
5: legal listen? really quick. I want your legal perspective because this is a free speech issue, is it not? Can he tweet? But at the same time, a business has a right to discipline their player for tweeting such heinous things, don't they? So I is free speech out the door here? Like, are they right to undergo discipline for him? I think they are.
2: Well, well, listen, Alex, There is a First Amendment right to free speech, and we've seen that sort of questioned in ways. Sort of, you know, Twitter now. You have Elon Musk coming in, who's a big free speech proponent, and he's going to be sort of unleashing things there. Uh, but then you have you have certain uh, considerations. So I imagine that there's a lot of contracts going between Kyrie Ir- Irving, the NBA, and also uh, uh, certain uh, you know policies and procedures, and uh, that dictate. Um, conduct of players. And if there's things that are offensive, that are not, uh, you know, uh, you know, becoming of the NBA or his players, then there's going to be a penalty. And I think that's where it's stemming. You have the First Amendment right for free speech, but then also he has a contract that is running between himself, the NBA. And I think that there's probably considerations in that uh, contract as to conduct and what you do and what you say. So that's, I think, the answer there. But what what happened yesterday, the, uh, The coach is fired? What's going on? Yeah, as
5: we mentioned, the coach was fired. They have an interim there now. Steve Nash is gone. And, you know, uh, they, they kept it close against the Bulls in their first night without Nash, but uh, they did not win. And uh, one last thing on Kyrie. Did you know, yeah. I believe he was the vice president of the NBA PA or something of that. I was like, how did he even, like, get elected as the, the vice president, one of seven right. of them, of the NBPA? It's kind of crazy to me.
2: Yeah, Alex, one thing I saw, I saw Charles Barkley, who's an all-time favorite of mine. David was talking about the old-time, uh, old-school Jersey in the NBA store. I used to be a huge Charles Barkley fan even though I was a Knicks fan back when I was a kid I always loved Charles Barkley and the 76ers uh, you know so the so uh, w- w- with Charles Barkley um, he was saying he was sort of bringing us back saying that all this distraction uh, and drama what about the game right you know what about the game you can't distract from the game um, what do you think this is doing a disservice to the Nets and their game? With Absolutely.
5: All this drama. I, and you know, they had a closed door meeting after their loss Saturday. That didn't get much done. So, yes, it's impacting the culture. And remember, he's also the guy that kind of disrupted everything, not getting the vaccination. I mean, he's done a lot of things that maybe the organization is not happy with. And so <laughs> he's been a disruptor for the few years, although he's darn talented, right? So, we have to weigh a fine line here with that.
0: Right.
4: And let me and, let me just jump into yeah, this, you know. Jump. So you talked about the first uh, amendment Im- Imran, but you you know, you don't have a right. You don't have a first amendment right to play basketball in the NBA. <laughs> right, right. Okay? It's a privilege to Not play right. basketball exactly. in the NBA. You don't have a right to do that. So yes, he could, you know, pre- pretty much he could say anything he wants, but it doesn't mean he has to be an NBA player. And that's that's the balance right there. Absolutely. And and uh I think his actions, I think he's been a disgrace. Yep, and and uh, I would prefer not to see him in the NBA myself.
2: Right. And, and Well, I have Dave Schwartz on the mic here. I, you know, let's talk a little politics here sure. because you know we have um, election I- days in less than a week, right? So everyone is gearing up to go to the polls, to the ballot. And I think, listen, we talked about some hot-button issues in the uh, in this year's uh, election, uh, specifically in New York, and New York City, and New York State. And we were talking about crime, right? Everyone's very worried about crime. That was a big uh, topic up yesterday. But you almost have Zeldin and Hochul neck and neck right now. Do you think that this could be a red wave? There's some people saying that this could be an upset for the Dems.
4: Oh, I think it's going to be a red tidal wave across this country. And I think... Um, and, and, and look, it's a correction. It's, in New York, it's really going to be a correction. Unfortunately, in New York, um, we only have a one-party system. And just to let your listeners know, I'm not on either side. All right? right? I right. hate I'm, – I'm quoted as saying I hate both parties equally. I like people, not parties. I'm, we're all about issues at Gotham, not about parties. However, with that being said – This is going to be a very tight race. I knew it was going to be a tight race when Zeldin was down by 25 points. Because if you look at my neighborhood in Long Island, you know, Long Island is purple, right? So my neighborhood in Long Island has voted Democrat, you know, uh, about 66 to 33, right? And and bottom line is there's Zeldin signs everywhere. You feel the energy for Zeldin, so I do think Zeldin's going to pull out this governor's race. I could go down the line with you, but I know we're we're running against. The, uh, uh,
3: okay, I'm taking the mic. Uh, I'm right. taking over. We're running out of time, but you are not going anywhere yeah. because I want you and Imran to continue this conversation okay, after our two guests.
2: Right. Okay. okay. Listen, we, we, Dave Morse is going to hang out. I'll be down the hall. Going to hang out. Uh, and we're going to talk a little more when we close out the show. we got two great segments coming up, though, with Sam Liebman and also Impact 100, NYC, so you have to stay tuned. And
4: Latrell Sprewell.
6: <laughs> Is your husband or wife in a hospital or a rehab center? Obviously, we hope not. But look, that can happen to anyone at any time. Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? You know that the cost of a nursing home is 500 bucks a day? That's right. It comes out to $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay for the medical and facility expenses? Don't panic. Just do what so many others have done over the course of 40 years. Call Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. These guys really know their stuff. They've been doing it for a long time. They've helped hundreds and hundreds of people just like you with the same thing you're going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. It's 718- 238-6500. 718-238-6500. You know their offices are in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. They're always there to help. The time to act is now. Don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan today. 718-238-6500. You will be glad that you
0: did. Today, it's Wellness Wednesday on Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Sponsored by Balance of Nature, the whole fruit and vegetable capsule delivering your maximum nutrition in every dose. 100% whole food nutrition with a taste, smell, and color of pure fruits and veggies as nature intended just for you. Try them now and see for yourself. 35% off and free shipping. Call now, 800-246-8751 or balanceofnature.com. And don't miss Wellness Wednesday tonight at 7 p.m. on AM 970. The Answer.
1: Two seven eight eight.
5: Something it's right Welcome back to the uh,
2: Arthur Idala Power Hour. I am guest host Imran Ansari. As you know, Arthur is on vacation and he deserves it. He deserves it. But I am filling in uh, on the Power Hour here. And we got a great show uh, right now. And we have a great guest right now. And that was, that was Madness. That was a band called Madness and their song Our House. And we're going to be talking about uh, real estate now with someone who knows a lot about it. I have a guest uh, in this segment. It's Sam Liebman. And Sam Liebman is a real estate professional with over 35 years of experience in finance. Property Management Acquisition and Development. Sam is the fund manager of the Rolling Cash Opportunity Fund. Uh, under Sam's leadership, that fund uh, owns substantial interest in 20 properties with an aggregate market value that has grown to over $120 million. And he is also a best selling author. Uh, and he has a great website, samleadman.com, where you can see he has a book, Harvard Can't Teach uh, You What You Learn on the Streets or Learn from the Streets. And it's all about real estate. He is the quintessential real estate professional especially with a focus uh in new york and he's got some great things to tell us sam thank you for joining us on the power hour
7: pleasure to have you here.
2: so sam you know we focus on the power hour a lot in new york right we are a new york centric show mm-hmm. and we want to talk about what is important to new york and new yorkers and real estate uh, of course in new york is something which is a huge focus and right now many of us have concerns about the market in new york especially post pandemic Um, can you let our listeners know a little about what's going on in the health of real estate here in new york
7: well the problem is really the political climate there seems to be a disconnect where the left you know i have friends on the left and friends on the right but there's a disconnect in what each one thinks about the other and unfortunately because of that things aren't getting done affordable housing is not being built in 2019 uh, June they changed the city council changed the rent stabilization where they completely revamped it and owners of rent stabilized buildings saw the property value decrease by 30 to 50 percent overnight as a result you now have about 60,000 or so vacant, rent-stabilized apartments that are being warehoused because they're not going to be put on the market if an owner needs to put in thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 in a unit for only a $200-a-month increase in rent. It's just not going to happen. And you couple that with, with other laws, and if you talk, talk about building, nobody's built anything construction costs right now are doubling. Insurance has gone up tremendous. And we still have this shortage of rental housing, but they're not letting you build. So to a developer who's gonna sign a $40, $50 million construction loan personally, you know, he has to get a return on his investment. And as a result, nothing is getting built. And the average rent in Manhattan, I think it was 5,000 a few months ago. I think it went down a little bit in the fours now. But we've got to solve this problem.
2: Well, that's incredible. And, you know, it's heartbreaking to hear about those empty apartments where uh, housing is such an issue uh, in the city. And also, you know, those landlords, you know, of course, everyone... Uh, and it's, it's commendable to be for tenants' rights and all that. But you can't have a robust economy if you have real estate going empty and that sort of circle of cash flow between landlord and property owners, tenants, et cetera, uh, especially in New York. Um, so I, I want to ask you, because you go around New York City, you walk around New York City, we're here. You know, our office in my law firm is on Fifth Avenue. Now the studio is downtown. And you, you see construction. Um, and, and is. So, are you saying that there um, that there's an issue with that construction, or if those buildings go up and they're commercial buildings, that the property owner, the landlord, is going to have a hard time finding tenants?
7: Well, it's not that they're going to find they're going to try to find expensive apartments because the cost of construction. You have right now almost a perfect storm. Storm. You have supply chain issues. You have the green movement, which is important, but it adds a lot to the cost. Labor shortages, insurance and utilities have more than doubled. So the cost of construction has gone up so much that the only thing that makes sense is high-end condominiums or high-end apartments. And, you know, that's not helping the affordable housing. What I think is a great idea, which seems to go on deaf ears, is we have vacant big dock stores that are lying vacant in the outer boroughs. That already were a former Lowe's, let's say, that have 200 parking spaces. NIMBY, not in my backyard, doesn't apply. Why not rezone those one story vacant apartments that are not giving the city any revenue? Rezone them to five story affordable housing. Right. Why not do that? You don't have traffic issues, you don't have any of that they don't do it and and another very important point is a very big incentive to uh build new construction was what's called four twenty one a tax abatement right which which was the most successful program in the outer boroughs for creating affordable housing for the last i don 't know thirty years. They just let it expire
2: yeah it's i, beyond I mean- me. That exactly, because I remember uh, Sam, when, when I was looking for a condo, I have a, a beautiful two bed condo in Long Island City in a wonderful many building, but it was a tax abated building. And, uh, you know, back in 2012, when we were looking, uh, you know, that was a big incentive, no matter what economic bracket you were in, was that tax abatement. Everyone's looking for a tax abated building. And I thought that was a great sort of stimulus to the uh, to the real estate market. Is there any chance that uh, a plan like that would be back on the books or no?
7: I don't know. I mean, there seems to be a cold war between the far left and the far right, and nothing's getting done. Uh, May, the mayor just announced, I believe it was today, that he has a plan that you know you're going to build more affordable units. But what he's pass, you know what he's saying is never going to pass, unfortunately, the city council. So, you know, the 421A program. What people don't understand is it's not the, the government writing a check for millions of dollars to the, to the developer what it is is the city making an investment in the future so let's say you have a small building now that's underbuilt where the, the city's you know it's not fully built so you're not getting a lot of real estate tax so what the city is saying we'll give you 10 years to 20 years a tax abatement, which that just doesn't mean no tax at all, it means it gets phased in, but it's a big break. Right. In return, when that expires in 10 years or 20 years, we will have a windfall. We will now get real estate tax on a 40-story building rather than a two-story building. And all I hear from people like AOC and other people hmm. is the city's writing a check for $2 billion. No, that's not what the city's doing. The city is making an investment in right. the future
2: well you know listen i uh, I had mentioned that i I am a resident in Long Island City and when there was uh, Amazon coming in, I was a big supporter of that because i and I felt mm-hmm. like people did not see the the long term and the benefits not only to, you know, business owners. I'm talking about the mom and pop stores, the restaurants, but also to the residents of the adjacent housing developments. Uh, And it would be a sort of a a, a job stimulus. It would have that trickle down effect. And people seem to be blinded at times by politics and agenda and don't see uh, the greater good of something down the line. And it sounds like the 421 tax abatement was something that uh, would benefit the city and benefit everyone. Um, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, politics, and I, and I say that, Sam, uh, I'm a big proponent of trying to find the middle ground. And, you know, politics right now, so many people are so polarized that I think it does a lot of, uh, you know, the actual citizens of city, state, and country a disservice. Um, But, you you know, hopefully uh, something will will be done. Another thing I want to talk to you about uh, is is post-pandemic New York um, and people going back to work offices being filled with employees and employers having their uh, employees coming back to work. And, you know, I at my law firm. We were here really early. I was actually here in April uh, of 2020 because I had to be at my three year old, my two year old. Well, then uh, well oh, no, then one year old. Wow. Um, you know, and uh, <laughs> my, my toddler going around, you know, and I couldn't get work done. And I sort of came back to the office. But even now, you look at the office buildings uh, across from us and there's empty the offices. Um, Do you think that there's, is this a permanent thing? Do you think that this is going to be like this now? Has there been a culture change in the way people work? Because I know the uh, Mayor Adams is a big proponent of bringing people back into the offices. What do you think is going to happen?
7: Yes, yes, and yes. No, people are not going back to work like they were before. The occupancy rate in New York City and nationally is only 46%. And I've been preaching office building Armageddon because unfortunately, what's going to happen is you're going to have massive, massive foreclosures. You cannot get a mortgage. You cannot pay your operating expenses if you're going to be 45, 46% occupied, even if you're leased. And the stores on the bottom, if there's no people, the stores aren't going to be paying these rents. And you already see it. You already see in Soho, rents that were getting $400 a month are now in the 200s. Still a lot of money. But there it, people there is no reason you don 't need to live in the city to do business in the city anymore, and that is just not going to change and that 's why you know I read today that um the governor the uh what was it um Roth, Stephen Roth and Bernardo just backed out of the eight crazy buildings, office buildings that we're going to build on on top of Penn Station. Wow! I mean, that is crazy. Yeah. You're talking about a million or two million feet. $2 million. How are you going to who are you going to lease them to? And even if you did lease them, it's going to hurt the B and C buildings. So where is the logic in that? So finally, logic came out, and Steve Roth said, "We're not going to do it." But Yes, you're going to have people are just not going to go back to work. You know, the great middleweight champion Marvin Hagler had a great saying. He said, "It's getting harder and harder to get up at three thirty in the morning, get out of silk pajamas, and train." And what's happened because of the pandemic is people are in their silk pajamas. And they don't want to go out, get out of well, them, they, to go on a train <laughs> and go to work. Right. And well, I just don't know. think it's going to change. I think you have a hybrid. But I don't yeah, think even with the hybrid, I would imagine.
2: Right, and then you Larry? know, people, employers are, are probably in their minds are thinking, "Why are we going to have the overhead, right, if we're switching to this?" Yeah,
7: what's the least? Let's all these people that are saying, "I want my uh, my people back at work." Let's see what happens when their lease is up for renewal. <laughs> Soon they're going to say we We only have the space. Yeah.
2: That's, that's terrifying in many ways, Sam, because it sounds like a perfect storm uh, you know, that could happen here in New York, which is big real estate, high-rises, skyscrapers that thrive and rely on a, a, you know, businesses being there and people being there. And, again, that's that trickle-down effect, right, Sam? Like if, if, if people yeah. aren't in the office, then the mom-and-pop store selling sandwiches at lunchtime are going to hurt.
7: You're 100 percent right. And, and you know what? Is this the time to put in a uh, congestion tax? You want people to come into the city, not avoid the city. I mean, the pot look, I don't care if my friends on the left, friends on the right, just give me a plan that works. These plans just don't work. I don't understand the logic, and don't even get me started on the crime. You know, fundamentally, you've got to have a safe city. People are afraid to take the railroad. You know, the trains, the, you know, you got to make it safe in the city. Right. And you got to go back to making New York a friendly place to do business. You know, I always say Manhattan right now has an invisible sign. One percent is real estate people, get out. You're not welcome. Whereas Texas and Florida, which are booming, have an invisible sign, one percent. Right. Real estate people, welcome. And guess what? No taxes.
2: And, you know, so, Sam uh- – you know, that's why I think you see people going that we want to keep uh, businesses. We want to keep our residents in New York City. We want it to thrive. And I think you hit all the right points. It's the, it's the points that we talk about a lot here on the Power Hour, whether it's myself guest hosting or, or Arthur Idala in the seat. Uh, Sam, I want to thank you for joining us today. Sam Liebman is the real estate guru here in New York. And you could go to Sam leadman.com uh, and see all the great things that Sam has on that website. He has uh, you know a lot of information there, books, courses, etc. Go to samlevin.com. Sam, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. As all young lovers
5: know I can touch the world as it sails everywhere. I'm not alone.
6: All right, Kevin McCullough, tonight at 7, it's
8: wellness night. And that means Dr. Marty McCary of the Fox News Medical All-Star Team will be with us. And Dr. Preeti Jane, CEO of NAO Now Medical,
6: will be here. And uh, lots of good information. Hope you will join us tonight at 7. This obviously is the official beginning now of the holiday season. Someone's got to have the Christmas party. Someone's got to plan the Christmas party. Where's it going to be? There may still be time to plan one of your holiday parties on the Atlantis yacht from New York Cruises. Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff will go above and beyond with every detail. If you're put in charge of running these events over the next couple of months or even into the spring, which is it's an unbelievable experience, don't hesitate to look up newyorkcruises.com to get the information or call 212-633-1231, New Year's Eve, uh, that week between Christmas and New Year's, or or if you're planning a corporate event, a wedding, an engagement party, an anniversary party, reunions, retirements, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit newyorkcruises.com.
0: The Orange look to bounce back as they head onto the road again. Now ranked 22nd, Syracuse visits Pittsburgh Saturday. Join us for Orange pregame
1: at 2.30, kickoff 3.30. On AM 970, The Answer, New York's home for Syracuse University football. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri state area. Visit freeholdmitsubishi.com or call 732 863 2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker,
2: Attorney Arthur Idala. I'm not Arthur Idala, I'm Imran Ansari, filling in for Arthur Idala here at the Power Hour. That was just a great segment we just had with Sam Lehman, right, Joni? That was
3: fantastic. You you and him really hit it off. And, you know, I we've had him on before, and Arthur would agree with you. I mean, you were in here in April, and he would agree. You know, bringing people back in person, there's nothing like it.
2: Right, no, it, it, absolutely. And I think Sam has the same love for this city and wants to see it thrive and do well. Um, and talking about thriving and doing well, our next guests have put their efforts and energy, uh, in helping others thrive and do well. Um, we have Emily and Mindy. I'm gonna allow you to do the introductions, but I wanna talk a little about what they're, the nonprofit that they're working for. It's the Impact 100 NYC. They are fostering a culture of communal giving, volunteering, and learning by cultivating a community of women who want their donations to do more and mean more. It's such a great organization. And Joni, why don't you find out and te- let our listeners know uh, a little more about this great organization?
3: Fantastic, I'm I'm to thank you for it. it. Gotta love this music to go along with Impact 100 NYC. Thank you so much for this beautiful music, Alex. So we have Emily Ades and we have Mindy... Waguto. I said those right, later didn't I? Finally.: Wagatown. to. I did it wrong again. I can't believe I did that every time. I've tried to do this over and over. So we've got two amazing women with Impact 100 NYC. We have Mindy, who was a commercial litigator in New York. You and Imran have that in common. And you've transitioned to the nonprofit sector, specifically in higher education admissions, in addition to being a co-founder with Emily of Impact 100 NYC. And Emily has over 25 years experience as an educator child and family advocate, public policy professional, and a nonprofit changemaker. I know you've worked under the Bloomberg administration as well. So it is such an honor to talk to both of you about this. And I have a very special place in my heart for Impact 100 because one of my dearest and nearest and dearest, Ritu Trivedi, who lives in Essex County, New Jersey, is part of the core group of Impact 100 Essex. So this is extra special for me to be able to speak with both of you today. So thanks, Imran, for throwing me this um, interview. And I want to start out by asking the two of you how you actually came together. How do you know each other? Emily, maybe you could start.
9: Sure. And uh, again, thank you so much for having us on today. And uh, it's a a long story. Mindy and I met over 20 years ago. We were introduced by mutual friends, but we knew uh, we formed a bond right away because we are both habitual volunteers and we are like minded in our love and passion for making a difference here in uh, in new york city it's our hometown after all so we we always thought that we knew that something really meaningful would come out of this friendship and lo and behold a couple of years ago we decided to build impact 100 nyc as you mentioned because your your friend ritu is is a member in essex this is a global movement but we were really surprised that it didn't exist in new york city what we think of as the that best was city. shocking to me so. too
3: yeah <laughs> and i love that shocking. you're both native new yorkers you're you're from queens yeah yes i am and mindy and where raised. are you from
10: i grew up out on long island but i've long lived island. in the city for a very long time
3: me too me too same long island in the city for more than the years that i'd like to count
10: <laughs> exactly. exactly i love
3: it i love it and why don't you tell us imran read a little bit about it but why don't you tell us why is this actually called impact 100
9: sure well first of all as i mentioned global movement and it's based on a really simple concept uh, each woman donates $1,000 and then gets one vote where the collective grants will, will be uh, distributed. And those are in increments of $100,000, thus the name 100. Um, that's, that's sort of the sweet spot for nonprofits where that donation can make a real impact. So it's, it's all based on the principle that one woman can make a difference, but a group of women can make an impact.
2: Wow. So I'm going to jump in with a question here. I think it it sounds like a wonderful organization. It is a wonderful organization. Uh, And it's called Impact 100. Specifically, what kind of impact are you guys looking to make? Um, How do you measure that impact?
10: Great. I'll take that. Um, So... Impact 100's mission, no matter where we exist, has always been the same. Uh, for each 100 women, it's a $100,000 grant. So the more women we have, the more grants we can make and the more change we can make. Um, so we had 147 women in our first year and 214 in our second year. So we have given $300,000 grants out Wow. Now, since Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And wait, Um, that was during the pandemic. So that was during the pandemic, yes. We managed to find to gather 147 women during the pandemic. Emily and I like to say we were able to make 147 new friends while most people were shut in, uh, mm-hmm. just by simply reaching out to people. You know, everyone wanted help during the pandemic, it of was, of course, yeah, it was not that difficult to get people to understand that the city uh, was in need of support. So, but it wasn't like 20. you were running
3: around meeting people in person, you had to do this virtually. That is quite a feat, Lee.
10: Yeah, thank you. It was quite a bit. You know, we were able to give the. We felt it was giving a gift to, to people to let them know how they could be of service to the city. And while we started and did most of the work at the beginning, eventually those women told more women, and you know, those told more women, and so on and so on. So. Uh, it, it got to be as many people as we were to the efforts of a lot of women, not just of, of us. So it was great.
3: The women that joined, what what is it about them? And how did you particularly find those particular women to join?
9: Well, as Mindy said, we really feel like it's a gift to give them the, the information about Impact 100. Um, we are, as Mindy said, 200 women strong. And those women, I'll tell you, they Joan, they are change makers. They are curiosity seekers and trailblazers. They're from all across the city, all five boroughs. Um, they bring unique perspectives and, and their own skill sets and they're curious and they're empathetic and they believe that they can make a difference in, in, in New York City. Um, I'll give you an example actually that came from our membership. Uh, last year we started a program called NextGen which is a program to give high schoolers a hands-on social impact experience. So it follows the Impact 100 model, but it's for eighth through 12th graders across the city and where they can learn and practice grant making and fundraising and participate in community service. And this idea came from one of our members and from their teen children who saw what they were doing. That's so there's, there's no end wow. to the domino effect of Impact 100 and these incredible women who have chosen. Um, well, I, I'll throw something in.
3: Imran's educator. Imran's wife, Samira, is an educator. And she um, I, I would love to, to introduce her to you all because this having this in schools, I think, is super important. Emily and I spoke about this um, offline earlier, and we just couldn't stop talking. I love that you're both in education and getting it, to, to be thought of at a very young age. And, you know, we can always give a dollar. There's always a dollar. Somebody can find a dollar somewhere. So when you think about giving at a younger age, I really think it does help make an impact in the future.
2: Yeah, I'm already thinking about it. My, my wife is uh, one of the founding teachers at Success Academy. Uh, charter school. Oh, and, fantastic! You know, I'm already, yeah, I, I'm going to definitely let let her know uh, about Impact 100 and, and see if she can get involved. It's a great thing. And well, how I have can to our, I, go. Go ahead. I'm sorry. tell you,
9: as we go into the holiday season, it's a great time to think of a gift of membership for your wife or any other of your listeners who are are listening out there for their colleagues or assistants or spouses. Um, it's a it's a gift that keeps on giving. And and Joni, we'd love to have you as a member. So I I think I'm going to have to talk to Arthur offline. Yeah, we're going to have
3: somebody's going to have to give to me that because I really want to help you. And I live right here and it makes a difference.
2: So how can our listeners uh, support Impact 100? How can they become a part of Impact 100? Where can they find you?
9: Well, well. first, I, I want to say that as a founding member, I'm so incredibly proud of the work that Impact 100 NYC is doing. And Mindy and I are on today, but we represent a, a group of really dynamic changemakers. Um, if anyone is interested in joining us, um, both for membership or if there are nonprofits looking for funding of $100,000 grants, our website is impact100nyc.org. But in addition to that, if anyone is interested in finding out more beyond our website or they're more uh, less visual and more auditory learners, as us educators say, uh, they can certainly reach out to our amazing volunteers at changemakers at impact100nyc.org. And I want to specifically speak for a moment to the nonprofits out there who are looking for funding because they are really doing the work that's making a difference in our city, we, we pride ourselves on a very transparent and very thorough grant process. So if there is any specific questions beyond what's on our website, please reach out to grants at impact100nyc.org. We're happy to answer any questions that they have.
2: Well, that's excellent. And what are some examples of the nonprofits that have been funded by Impact 100?
10: Well, in our first year, we were able to give a $100,000 grant to Fiber Children's Foundation, which is a fabulous organization that makes a 10 year commitment to their students. Um, they actually call them Fibers. Um, and our grant allowed them to build a cabin that up at their camp upstate that's specifically used for high school juniors and seniors um, as they prepare for life post high school either education or careers Um, and it just opened this past summer a couple of us were able to go see it it's beautiful and in the first year uh, I think it was something like 65 campers were able to take uh, over 2,000 hours of curriculum in the cabin so that was super exciting in year one and we've also supported uh, You Got to Believe, which is um, they connect youth in foster care to permanent and adoptive families. Uh, we wow, gave a hundred thousand dollar grant. Yeah, we gave a hundred thousand dollar grant to Futures and Options to launch a healthcare initiative. Um, and we were also lucky enough in our first year we gave a couple of operating grants. You know, like you said earlier, coming out of the pandemic, there was such need. So we gave uh, a grant to an all-boys school on the Lower East Side and uh, one to a food pantry in Brooklyn, which, wow. as a matter of fact, we will be there this Thanksgiving again, handing out turkeys. Um, oh, I a love lot of that. Members, yeah, a lot of our members like to get their hands their in hands, their, the community yes. service. Part. And, yeah, and so.
3: Mindy and Emily, I understand tomorrow is for Impact 100 Around the World, it's Global Day of Impact. So what does that mean?
10: So, basically, there are 60, over 60, I think at this point, chapters of Impact 100 across the states and a few in Australia. Uh, We also launched at the same time that Impact 100 London launched. Um, And collectively, uh, thousands of women have joined forces to give more than $105 million to transform their own communities. So. We are uh, proud to be a part of that group. Um, we are we are amazed at the work that our sisters are doing across the country. And we are thrilled to to say this year we'll be able to, to give away, you know, enough money to have said that we have given away over a half a million dollars since we launched.
3: Wow. Congratulations. So I love Impact 100 NYC, so everyone that wants to support them, and I know Imran's going to get some people involved on our end, so impact100nyc.org. This is an amazing organization, Imran. I'm just so proud to now be part of it, virtually, but I will be part of it physically soon.
2: Absolutely. And Emily and Mindy, thank you so much for joining us. It's such a great organization, and we're hoping it grows and grows and grows. Uh, Thank you for joining us.
9: Thank Thank you you. so much, Imran. Thank you, Joni. This has been a great conversation. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Absolutely. You are listening to the Arthur Idala Power Hour here at AM 970. The answer. Quick break, but stay tuned. We'll be back.
1: the following is a paid political announcement. Bergen County is going the wrong way. Higher taxes. Bloated budgets. Unnecessary shutdowns. Skyrocketing crime rates. Radical political indoctrination over parents' rights. Had enough. Todd Calaguire, Doug Holden, Ronald Lynn, and Deirdre Paul have a plan to save Bergen County. Shrink the size of the budget and cut property taxes. Put parents and children first. Support law enforcement. And govern transparently and honestly. Todd Caliguire for County Executive. Doug Holden, Ronald Lynn, and Deidre Paul for County Commissioner. Common sense to save Bergen County. Paid for by Dr. Doug Holden Victory Fund.
8: Hi, I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is a problem, markets are volatile, and the risk of running out of money in retirement is real. That's why I love annuities, and you should too. Your financial advisor doesn't want you to know that with our annuity strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year, and when the stock market goes down, your annuity won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and you should only invest if you learn the facts. And that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text free to 833 898 0500 and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to use safe, low fee annuities to build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text free to 833-898-0500 text free to 833-898-0500
0: kevin mccullough is next on am 970 the answer
2: welcome back to the arthur idala power hour i am your guest host tonight Imran Ansari, and earlier when we had uh, the segment leading into Sam Liebman, uh, we played Madness, Our House, uh, and that was another Madness song we just heard right now, One Step Beyond, uh, and I have a little fun fact here, so I have opened up for Madness uh, in my band, Inspector 7, that I was in in the 90s, and in fact, my, what? yes, and in fact, my band uh, covered the song you just heard by Madness, One Step Beyond, and it was used in that very uh, now popular film, The Wolf of Wall Street. So Are there's you the kidding the me? fun fact. Yes. Yeah, oh, so I, in a, I almost <laughs> fell off my chair just <laughs> now when you said that. Celebrity sighting. I mean,
4: I, I thought Joan was going to collapse when she heard that.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm going to be a groupie.
2: So yes. Yeah, so that I was playing saxophone in that, and then. Uh, here's another uh, exciting thing. I'm sure Arthur has uh, talked about it. You know, we're he's reconvening his band, Rapid Pulse. Yeah, Rapid Pulse, and I'm going to be uh, appearing on my saxophone. So I got to dust off that thing, David. get it ready for the performance. Wow. Uh, you hey, did know, you No, know we were in front of a celebrity. Such a talented. Oh, I mean,
4: I mean, I thought I was just coming into a law firm and 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 building out my Gotham practice out of here, but but little did I know there was such talent. Do you say? I do sing. You want to hear me sing?
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> next, time, next time. Well, we got to get you in on, uh, you know, in on the performance there. We got to p- give you a tambourine or something. I don't want to
4: scare off all the <laughs> listeners right now.
3: So It's funny. So, I played a tambourine in first grade. That uh, was about as far as I get with music.
2: <laughs> so, listen, when we, at the top of the show, David was, uh, joined us, and we started talking a little about some politics and Election Day coming up. I want to just end the show. with getting a little more insight from David, because, David, you, you have your finger on the pulse of yep. New York politics. I do. Know, right? And so... You you know, it's, you great, give us such great insight. And listeners, you're going to be able to find him or hear him on Friday guest hosting. So he's going to give you a lot more. But let's get a little taste going into oh, the election. Oh, that's a
4: good idea. We don't even know what topic we were going to do. Let's do, Joan, let's do like an election uh, uh, coverage on Friday. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So
2: so, so so, let me just ask you this, all right? So uh, we, there's a lot of talk. And I'm a middle guy, right? Like I wish the parties weren't and people were not so polarized because I think when people are polarized, 100%. things don't get done. People are so caught up battling each other that things don't get done and who hurts the citizens and residents of New York, the city and state. So how do you think what do you think there's going to be any coming together in any way, no matter who's elected uh, after this election? cycle? Well,
4: well, well, the short answer is no. But let me get back to your first thought there, though. A hundred percent, Imran, if you put 30 people in a room together without any political affiliations, just people that wanted to do the right thing, we could solve immigration. We could solve abortion. There are middle grounds on all. We could solve the gun problem. We could solve any problem in this country if you put uh, people not even. And I'm not saying like minded people. You could put people on opposite ends of the spectrum. But if you put common sense people, people that have common sense and aren't. Affected by this political po- uh, polarization, we could solve in two hours. We could with a little debate, and there'll be some fighting too. But if we had a room of thirty people, we could solve every single problem in this country. What a shame! Maybe what a shame! In
3: the world, David. Maybe. What a shame I mean,
4: that we we send these people. We send these people to Albany, to Washington, to the city. You name it. And, and, and we can't get anything right. done. So I agree with you. In the old days, we used to be able to fight, and then after the fight, we would hold hands. And we would come up with solutions. Right. It's
2: like after a trial, David. You you know you whoever wins or right. loses, you you shake hands normally with your adversary, exactly. unless it was so contentious. But is you know I have to ask you this: is you know back in the in the day, you used to be able to vote across party lines, right? You know if some people used to. I do. Right. Okay. Great. People, I do too. People used to vote for the candidate. Um, my question I think he answered though do people do that or are now people so polarized that they well, don't do that
4: I know I do think we have an independent movement here I think it's a silent movement I think there are people that that are educated about elections and they vote you know who they feel is going to do the best job so if you ever looked at my ballot over all these years it is all over the place and I am I believe I am the perfect voter because I'm the voter that the politicians want to get independent independent thinking and they will vote all over the place so let's just go you want to go over a couple of elections we talked about governor there is a red wave happening in this country but a couple other things to look at in New York and we'll talk more about it on Friday look uh, take a close look at New York 3 which is a plus 8 Democratic district George Santos with the red wave could overtake Zimmerman on that these are Long Island races then we have New York 4 we have to watch out for that one again. we have um, d Esposito versus Gillen that's also a plus seven or plus ten uh, democratic district. but with the red wave, there could be some real close races out there those congress and with the redistricting case with the with the uh, gerrymandering case right. which the Court of Appeals um, ruled on we're going to see a lot more closer elections here in New York State. something to watch out for yep. and the New York State Senate. The Republicans will have great gains in the Senate as well. Wow. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Joan and I will talk more about it on Friday. Absolutely. Yep. And oh, sure. this is. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the author, Idala Power. Hour. I've been your guest host, Imran Ansari. And, you know, Friday, you're going to stay tuned. You're going to hear more from Dave Schwartz and politics in New York. Thank you for listening, Imran Ansari, AM 970. The answer. The great, off. the great Imran Ansari.